Hello, I'm back with one last episode in my Cleveland Talks miniseries with an interview with Sean Watterson, owner of Happy Dog, a gourmet hot dog and craft beer bar, and so much more, with outlets in Detroit, Shoreway, and University Circle. The music at the top of this show is a song called Satan is Real by Cleveland band Herzog. Sean recommended it to me as one of his favorites. I like it too and reckon it's a good match for Sean's spirit and sense of local pride. During our conversations, Sean and I spoke about his fascinating career path that led him from working as a stockbroker in downtown Cleveland to traveling around the world to fight against money laundering and terrorist financing before heading home to Cleveland to open Happy Dog with one of his best friends. Before I roll out the interview, I'd like to take a moment to say I had a lot of fun in Cleveland and really appreciate the hospitality and time offered by everybody there, especially the folks interviewed for the Cleveland Talks miniseries. Dig around my blog and social media for more stories and stuff from my trip. You'll find my hashtag TC in the Clee, that's C-L-E, a good place to start. And for loads of tips on how to make the most of your time in Cleveland, take a look at thisiscleveland.com. Thanks. Here's my chat with Sean. Hey, this is Chris, and I am back. I am still in Cleveland. I'm about to leave, though, so I've saved the best for last. And I am at Happy Dog at the original Euclid Tavern with its owner, Sean Watterson. And I'm going to talk to Sean about what makes this place special and uh, why this dog is so happy. So, hey, Sean, how you doing? (laughs) I'm good, Chris. Thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for your time. So, Happy Dog. Yes. We've got, it's kind of like three elements, beer, hot dogs, live music. Uh, those are three of the elements. Okay. Oh, what are, what so, are some of the others? Um, well, we we found we we do some alternative programming. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of view ourselves more as a community space. Okay. Than um, just a bar or a restaurant or even live music venue. Okay. So um, I could tell you about some of those. We um, please do. I did notice on the way down to the bar, there's some pinball machines upstairs too. Yeah, we um, we got way into pinball. Okay. Um, it's sort of part of our origin story. The guy I started the bar with, Sean Kilbane, uh-huh. he and I, in our first job out of college, spent a lot of time in a bar playing pinball. Okay. So when we when we finally came around decades later to getting into the bar business, um, we had the pinball machines, and it turned out our our staff and the people who liked coming got way into pinball. All right, okay. So we have a pinball league. Um, runs Fantastic. three times a year okay. with super electric pinball. Yeah, I went there the other day. This is a pinball city, man. It is. As, was it like that growing up here? Um, we played a lot of pinball in, you know, there's a lot of bowling okay. in Cleveland. Good, a lot good, of good. bowling alleys. Long, cold winters, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, and a lot of pinball machines at bowling alleys. Okay. Okay. So we ended up uh, starting a league. Yeah, how does that work? Uh, well, we made it up at first, <laughs> but it turns out uh, folks got really interested, and now we're hooked up with the IFPA, the International Flipper Pin Association. Okay. Wow. So all of the tournaments and and league events at both Happy Dogs get you points towards your world ranking. Okay. And um, I think right now I'm ranked something like six thousand five hundred because I haven't played in a lot of the tournaments. Okay. But, wow. Um, 
one of the players in our league is in the top 20 in the world. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, we hosted the Ohio State Pinball Championship last year. Fantastic. Okay. So okay. it's just one of it, – it's, it's sort of emblematic of uh, what we do. Where, where we've got a genuine, passionate interest, we kind of yeah. pursue it. And whether it makes sense or it doesn't, it ends up working out. Okay. So, you know, for example, part of my background was in international law. Yeah, this is not your first career. Yeah. No, this okay. is three or four. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Can we go down the, the pinball rabbit hole for sure. just a moment? Because I, I was thinking, so I was at Super Electric, which is this bar with just a couple dozen pinball machines, I think, maybe not quite that many. Mm-hmm. But they were all so different. So yeah. if you're establishing some sort of ranking in a league, how do you decide which machines to play? Uh, the league organizers yeah. set up which machines you can play on. Mm-hmm. And really, there, there are two broad categories, the, the EMs, the electromagnetic, and okay. the solid state. Um, so the older ones that have sort of the flip scoring and that sort of thing, they tend to play differently than the, the newer ones, yeah. especially the really new pinball machines. Yeah. They have really complicated rule sets and progressions that yeah. the really good players know how to work through those sure. progressions. Um, but with the tournaments, typically, they have a mix of old and new games Okay. so that you can't be a specialist in one particular You can't kind. just know the ins and outs of one machine or something right. like that. Okay. Okay. Right. Cool. okay, thank you. So... Well, you got your you established your love of pinball while working as a stockbroker, am I right? Yes. Okay, so let's go back a few years. Okay. Well, before you became a bar owner and back in the early nineties, you were just a bar patron. patron. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So tell me about that, if you don't mind. Uh, so, in downtown Cleveland, there's a place called Moriarty's Pub, which mm-hmm. is one of the great Irish bars in the states. And at the time, it was on the ground floor of the brokerage firm that I was working for and that Sean Kilbane started working for. Um, And then Sean and I ultimately were the ones that went ahead and did the happy dog. So we would spend four or five nights a week down at Moriarty's drinking beer and playing pinball and liar's poker and any other bar game that was coming along. Um, So we really developed the love of pinball back then. And that's when some great pinball machines were coming out. Adam's Family... Doctor Who. Okay. Some of the, you know, it was it was the heyday of pinball. Sure. Okay. Really? One of the 90s. several. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Early nineties. That was some great pinball. So, so we we spent a lot of time there. Uh, Sean ended up staying with that brokerage firm throughout his entire career okay. up until we decided to do the Happy Dog. Uh-huh. I kind of flitted around. I yeah. I went out west and led trips. Um, out in Wyoming. Okay, wow. I came back to Cleveland, worked as a municipal bond trader. Okay. Um, went to law school here okay. at Case Western. Okay. And wow. then um, was interested in a lot of international law, and those things sort of combined when I graduated to me going to Washington, D.C., and working for the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Okay. In their Office of International Affairs. Wow. And it just so happened I started the day before 9-11. Okay. So <laughs> 9-10, I guess. 9 yeah. Okay. yeah. Just another ordinary kind of day until, wow. Yeah, exactly. So, 
So did your remit completely change within 24 hours? Or? Uh, it did. Yeah. That office did a lot of work getting cooperation from other countries uh-huh. in investigations where there's a penny stock fraud and the money ends up in the Caribbean or right, overseas. Okay. So we had naturally been doing some of that work, but with 9-11, mm-hmm. there was a big push to revise the entire international framework for combating money laundering okay. and terrorism financing. So I represented the SEC and eventually um, the International Organization of Securities Commissions, which wow. is sort of the international body of all the securities commissions around the world, um, in trying to tighten up the standards to mm-hmm. make sure uh, we were preventing financial crime. Okay. So, so I did that. Once we got Do the you think there had been a need for that before that was being overlooked or and now you're just or were you just now being extra cautious because such a terrible thing happened? Uh, well, the standards existed. Yeah. And really the the money laundering framework, the anti-money laundering, yeah. I think probably grew out of the drug trade. Okay, yeah, sure. Going back into the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the basis of that work, but then the terrorism financing angle got added okay. post 9 yeah, 11. Sure. That, okay. That's where they put a lot of focus. And then they figured out, in general, financial crime, this is the best way to combat financial crime. Okay. Whether it's straight money laundering, like you think of with the drug trade, mm-hmm. or terrorism financing, or insider trading. Yeah, okay. Penny stock frauds, any kind of, any kind of big corruption sure. is another one. Any kind of thing that generates a lot of money ends up in the financial system. So mm-hmm. this was this was a way of addressing that. Okay. Wow. So you're helping catch bad guys. Um, yeah. Okay. I I was then, okay. and then I I went up to New York and worked for a couple of the big banks. Okay. Trying to help make sure that they weren't uh, facilitating anything. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of us did. Yeah. A lot of us did, and it it was. It was nice because we were still a community, even mm-hmm. though we were working for some of the different firms. Yeah, we collectively were working as a network to try and safeguard the system. Um, whether that was entirely effective or not, I I got frustrated at some point right. and felt like some of the things we were doing were about as effective as the airport screening here in the U.S. Okay, a lot of inconvenience, a lot of overkill. Yeah in some areas um, and and turning a blind eye towards other areas. So right about then, that's when I was getting frustrated, was when I got a call from Sean Kilbane. Okay, wow, okay. And Had you guys been in touch at all? Oh, yeah. All these years? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, okay. yeah the, whole time, the whole time I was gone, I was still coming back to Cleveland and seeing, seeing music. Okay. We were both big music fans, um, going to a lot of baseball games. Okay. And so it was a natural that I was going to come home. Okay. I, I met a woman in New York. I think she was Argentinian woman okay. who had married a, a Clevelander. And she said, you're, you're all like rubber bands. You all leave, <laughs> and then you get to 30 or 40, and then yeah. you all go back I'll home. I'll go back home. Okay, okay. So uh, Sean calls. Sean, Sean Kilbane. Yeah. Yep. And he says, let's buy this bar, The Happy Dog. Okay. Um, over in Gordon Square. Okay. And we have zero background 
in the business. Sure. We've never worked in bars. We've drank at them, okay. but that was about it. That's important. Um, but we both needed a change, yeah. and we both decided to roll the dice, and we figured we'll have some fun. Yeah. We'll make it a year or two, maybe, and then sell, cut our losses, and hope for the best. And move and on to something else. Move yeah. on, yeah. Okay. Um, and this was when, what year? This was 2008. Okay, wow. So, August okay, 10 years? and We just celebrated our 10-year, yeah. Okay, you haven't moved on yet? Nope. Okay, and now you have two locations. We do have two. Okay. Um, that first year, we spent the entire time... It was before we had the hot dog menu. Mm-hmm. Um, so we spent the entire year learning the music business. Okay. Because we, we decided early on we were music fans, and we knew... To have a good, vibrant music community, you had to support the musicians. Sure. So we made the decision out of the gate that when we had shows, we would give the bands 100% of the door. Wow, okay. Uh, that would create incentives for them to get people out to their shows. And they'll buy drinks, yeah. And they'll buy drinks and food. But at the same time, if the bands don't have money for practice space, right. for instruments, for recording for going out on tour, you're not going to have a real healthy music community. Sure, yeah. So we, we knew we needed to invest in them, uh, and it would work out well for both of us. I mean, for, for all sides. Sure. And that's why I'd say three-quarters of our bar staff are mm-hmm. working musicians. Oh, right, okay. Um, they, they saw that we cared about their art and what they were putting into it, and... Um, they gravitated to the place okay. as musicians, as customers, and as staff. Okay, okay. Well, what's the what's the music scene like here in Cleveland? Um, it's incredibly diverse. Okay. Uh, it's broad based. There's a lot of there's a lot of indie rock. Okay. Um, there's a good hip hop scene. Actually, okay. two separate hip hop scenes. There's an East Cleveland scene and a Cleveland All scene. Right, okay. Um, We've got incredible classical music. Yeah, you've got one of the best of the symphonies, and sympathy, Cleveland symphonies in the world. Yeah, I yeah. can't even say it. But. And the Cleveland Institute of Music, which okay. is right around the corner mm-hmm. from here. Uh, so you have a lot of classically trained musicians. Cleveland's got a long history with jazz. Oh, right, okay. Um, so you've got this real broad base mm-hmm. that you're drawing off of. So, you know, we... Most of our shows, yeah. I'd say three quarters of our shows are local bands. Okay, mostly rock and roll, indie rock sort of stuff, or mostly. Yeah, mostly. Um, we do do classical every month. Okay. Oh, nice. Separate, right. uh, but but on the weekends it's it's rock. Uh-huh. Um, and you're doing polka. a few shows a week. We're doing on each side of town. We're doing at least three nights a week. Okay. Of shows. And is there a difference? So would one band be more suited for? The Gordon Square location, as opposed to here, or there's there's a little bit of difference in terms of the the population around each of the bars, and a lot of the younger musicians have moved west, where Gordon okay. Square is on the west uh-huh. side of Cleveland. So we probably do a few more shows there than we do here. Okay, we do more world music on the east side. Okay, um, University Circle is a is a pretty. Um, heady place with Case yeah. Western, sure, yeah. the art museum, the orchestra. Right. Okay. So um, we've done Foro, Brazilian music here. Okay. We've done um, lots of classical. 
we nice. do more EDM okay. stuff, okay, okay. DJ stuff on yeah, this yeah, side yeah. of town than, than the west side. All right. Oh, neat. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And it's basic. Do you now, is it kind of just what you think is interesting or um, what it, you think is going to be popular? A little mix of both or... Um, it, it started with what we thought would be interesting and, and whatever we thought would get anybody through the door. Okay. Um, but like I say, Sean Kilbane was... Uh, and is he still your partner? Uh, he is not. Okay. Unfortunately, back in 2014, mm. he, uh, he had an accident in the bar, ended up uh, falling down the stairs, oh, fractured his skull, and passed away. Oh, I'm sorry so, to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it, it was incredibly hard for all of us, but we sort of got together as a group and wanted to keep going. A lot of the spirit of what Sean, mm-hmm. well, what both of us started, but Sean, Sean was the huge music fan. Okay. So, okay. Um, so a lot of the first bands playing yeah. were, were people Sean knew, okay. and I knew through Sean. Yeah, sure, okay. And then they were playing in other cities and recommending us to bands that were coming in from other places and once you get the reputation as a place that pays musicians yeah. musicians find you yeah well my so this is only the second time i've ever been in cleveland and the first time was about 20 years ago it was either 98 or 99 mm-hmm. and i was very long story short i was touring as a musician Okay. And I played at a place, I think kind of around here, called the Barking Spider Tavern, yes. which I don't think exists anymore. No, we lost the Barking yeah. Spider about a year and a half ago. But it was great. Oh, uh, it was right around Thanksgiving, so there weren't a lot of people in the audience, which I got used to, actually. But like, I remember, it was a pretty good crowd, but I, I had an opportunity to talk to everybody in the audience. Mm-hmm. It was a very intimate show. I don't know if it was the owner or the bartender, whoever was working that night. Super awesome. Oh, yeah. Passed Probably the hat, Martin. and I actually got a lot more money than I would at a show with twice the people there. And mm-hmm. I just, I remember it was a great, great atmosphere, yeah. Oh, that was a great place. It was probably Martin, Jardine, and his daughter, Jenna, ran okay, it after yeah. that. Okay, okay, um, And it, it's, it's still a great musical community, that Barking Spider community. Okay. Um, even though they're not physically there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one thing that... I hear separates the Cleveland music scene from others okay. in many ways. The, it's a very supportive scene. Nice. Um, yeah. It's not a, a competitive one band succeeds at another band's extent, right. expense kind yeah, of yeah. scene. Okay. It's, it's incredibly supportive. And I, you know, three quarters of our staff are working musicians. Many of them are in bands together, overlapping bands. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, but among them, they're probably in 25 different bands. Okay. Somebody, somebody on staff is in one of those bands. It's just right. one of those kind of cross-pollination. Sure. And Cleveland, too, to, to kind of build on that, a few years ago developed something called the Lottery League, mm-hmm. where um, musicians sign up for this Lottery League. You put down all the people that you've ever been in a band with, uh-huh. and they've got software that makes sure that they place you in a brand new band that has a drummer, a guitarist, oh, right. and a bass player at least. Yeah. But could have cello, could have flute, yeah, whatever, know, yeah. whatever musicians sign up. Um, but it makes sure that none of you okay. were in a band together before. And then you have 
you have six months to come up with three songs, and you perform perform them this. at a big show. I love and it, this. it happens over the winter because Cleveland's cold, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it's just a way to get uh, people in the scene um, playing with people that yeah. they don't know. Wow, is this a specifically Cleveland thing? I've never heard of this before. It is. It I is. It that. happens. I think on average about every three years. Okay. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. It's a lottery. What lottery league. Lottery league. Mm-hmm. You like leagues here? Yeah. Pinball leagues, lottery leagues. I love it. Bowling Baseball leagues. Baseball leagues. So you're also, so you've got the two bars and also you have an outlet at uh, the baseball stadium. Is that yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's for the hot dogs. That's for the hot so, dogs. So we, no, go ahead, please. Yeah. Well, we, um, the, the baseball team here in Cleveland renovated the, the stadium over the last three or four years. Uh-huh. And when they did, they put a lot of local bars and restaurants and food providers in the park, right. which has been great. Um, we were fortunate. We went in uh, the second year of renovations on the third baseline. So you can see all the action on the field from our stand. Okay. And the fact that Sean and I were both huge baseball fans, yeah. to, be a- to be able to be in a major league ballpark in in our hometown park yeah was great yeah that's exciting yeah and then you know it it happened after sean's accident unfortunately but one of the things i was able to do is at the park we had to come up with preset combinations for your hot dog Uh because at the restaurant it's yeah you've got a long sort of do-it-yourself list of toppings yeah yeah um, so at the ballpark, we had to we had to have set combinations, and we were able to name the hot dogs. Okay. So we got a hot dog named after after Kilbane, Excellent. the killer Kilbane at the ballpark. So he's there with us, which is which is great. What's on the Kilbane? What's on? Um, you know, honestly, it it's kind of an inside joke because okay. it's also called the Michael Simon, the Iron Chef. Yeah, Michael right. Simon. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. When. Uh, Michael Simon uh-huh. put us on best thing I ever ate on the oh, Food right. Network. Wow, okay. uh, best hot dog he ever had. Okay. Which is great. Michael yeah, Simon yeah. does wonders for everybody in town. Cleveland, good, good, good. Cleveland's supportive that way, whether yeah. it's food or music um, or just life in general. Yeah. Uh, but the hot dog he picked had chunky peanut butter, okay. sriracha, right, okay. and our alien green pickle relish. Excellent. So the, the peanut butter and the sriracha kind of melt together like a Thai peanut yeah. sauce. Yeah, that sounds great, yeah. And then the you get a little bit of vinegar with the with the green pickle relish. Wow. Yeah, you're making me hungry. Oh well, my and the thing mm. is, for the Food Network, we had to film somebody eating that hot dog over and over and over again. And that's the one <laughs> Kilbane had to eat. Okay. So it's right, his yeah. hand in the TV show. So Excellent. we figured Excellent. he'd get a kick out of us making him... That's great. Tied to that dog. Wow. You got a favorite topping or uh, combination? Uh, it changes all the time because okay. about three times a year we, we mix up the toppings. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while, my favorite one had uh, chocolate mole, chunky peanut butter, wow. Spanish onion, and bacon. Okay. Um, at the ballpark. That sounds amazing, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's great. I never knew peanut butter worked so well on yeah, right, hot yeah. dogs. Yeah. And, um, but we've got one at the ballpark that's macaroni and cheese, bacon, and Fruit Loops. That's the most popular okay. one at the ballpark. Wow. What so, do you call that? Uh, we named it after the mascot, the okay. Indian's mascot, okay, okay. Slider. Okay. Because he's 
this multicolored uh-huh. monstrosity, okay. which when you see the Fruit Loops on top of the Makes macaroni sense, yeah. and cheese on a hot dog. Oh my god! Wow. So, well, what's what's next, man? Wow, I'm I'm getting me excited and hungry. So, but but what what's well, next for Happy Dog? Well, it, some of some of the other stuff that we mm-hmm. do, um, you know, when we a year in, we went yeah. with the hot dogs. Okay. And it's hot dogs or vegan dogs. Okay. With fifty different things on top. Wow. All okay. stuff we make in house, and then crazy stuff. You know, everything from the normal stuff like ketchups and yeah. mustards and relishes, to um, Fruit Loops and Spaghettios. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. Um, you know. <laughs> And the idea is people should have fun with it. Yeah, sure. The hot dog's not expensive. You can kind of experiment with your toppings. Yeah. We do We do have some suggestions that we pass okay. along. Okay, um, Like, don't put all 50 on. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. We get a few people who do that, but, okay. you know, because we don't charge for the extra toppings. Oh, really? It's okay, just, wow, okay. You know, about five, ten at the most toppings Okay. Um, are what we kind of recommend. Okay. But um, a year into it is when we went with the hot dog concept. And when we did that, we knew we were going to have to get everybody in the city to like mm-hmm. hot dogs. Yeah. If we were going to fill up the place, we couldn't rely just on music fans mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. on the people in our neighborhood. Right. So we kind of expanded our whole concept of programming. Okay. And it started with having a group from the Cleveland Orchestra come okay. and play in the bar. Mm-hmm. And these are world-class musicians. Sure, yeah. And we were trying to figure out, they wanted to play outside of a concert hall because they're playing in Vienna. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. In all the great halls. Um, so they wanted to mix it up. We talked about what they would do, whether they would do Beatles covers or try and mm-hmm. popularize it. Yeah. And we said, no, do what, do what you do best. Yeah. Do stuff that you wish you could do in the concert hall, and we'll see if anybody responds. And I think that was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, and we thought, maybe somebody will show, maybe nobody will show. But we had a line around the block. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so People want this stuff. It's just not accessible, right. I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that kind of opened our eyes. So rather than just repeat that, we, um, we actually pushed that whole concept we ended up doing a live radio broadcast oh, great, of okay. that group. We recorded them live in the mm-hmm. bar. There's a double vinyl record out there oh, called fantastic. Ensemble HD Live at the Happy Dog. I love it. Because um, yeah. there's a vinyl pressing plant here uh-huh. in Cleveland. So okay. it was sort of a, a fun local project, yeah. but an incredible product at, at the end of the day. But um, we decided to explore other avenues yeah, okay. so we um, we did a series with local authors all right okay um, called write to assemble uh-huh. w-r-i-t-e to assemble um, that became a monthly series so they're doing readings or they're doing yeah. readings and then Q&A with the audience about the process <laughs> of writing okay um, and we still have a local author series now called between the lines mm-hmm. um, we reached out to folks at Case Western that run something called the Institute for the Science of Origins. Oh, wow, okay. Um, I'm an American Studies uh-huh. major, which okay. is like not majoring in anything, <laughs> yeah. sort of a broad base. Uh, origin science is 
astrophysics, paleoanthropology, evolutionary biology, studying all those different fields wow. so that when you look at a particular problem, mm -hmm. you're not just looking at it with the tools you have from that discipline. Right. You're understanding how systems evolve. Okay, jeez. And okay. how um, everything from the origins of disease to the mm -hmm. origins of the universe, black holes, right. origins of societies. Okay. Um, which is incredible. It means sure, every yeah. month we have a completely different topic and expert coming in and talking to people. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And people people have really responded. Yeah. We expanded that. We started a World Affairs series. Okay. Uh, Happy Dog Takes on the World. That um, we've had we've had Obama's national security advisor okay, speak wow. at that. Uh, his senior speechwriter. We've had experts the Wall Street Journal's uh, Pakistan correspondent. Wow. We've been on okay. C-SPAN with some of these discussions. Okay. So we really kind You've of... You've been on C-SPAN. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Food Network and C-SPAN. Hey, who, who else can claim that? <laughs> um, yeah. We, we just... Everything, everything somebody at the bar had a genuine interest mm -hmm. in, we said, well, well, we'll put it up there yeah. on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night and... Even if nobody responds, we're interested in it. Yeah, sure. So we'll get to learn something. Uh, but I think because of that genuine interest, it's not like we're doing ladies' night yeah. or um, something we think will get people to show up. Sure, yeah. We're doing things that we really care about. Uh, it resonates with the community. Okay. Well. Like this side of town, one of the most energetic things that we've added in the last couple of years is uh, Poetry Slam. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Cleveland has a long history in Poetry Slam. Okay. It won the Nationals back in 1990. And over the past couple of years, it's, it's really begun to build back up mm -hmm. here in town. So we, we host the Cleveland's Poetry Slam a couple of times a month. Great. And then we also host the Youth Poetry Slam here. Oh, fantastic. Okay. And we were able to help get Cleveland's Youth Poetry Slam team to the Nationals. The oh, last excellent. few years. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Do you do anything like storytelling, like the moth? Yep. Anything like that? Okay. Um, so we call Because just after being here a few days, you guys like to tell stories and they're awesome. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, no, we, um, ours is called Keep Talking. Okay. Uh, it's a couple of comedians who put it together. They were doing a comedy variety show. Okay. Called Super Show. Um, when they sort of ran through that. They, they turned their attention to storytelling. Okay. And we've been doing that for five years now. Great. And they finally got me up on stage. Uh, I told them I would do it five years ago, and then I never yeah, did. Yeah, I never did. But, okay. But it actually happened on our 10th anniversary. Ah. So that... You told a story from the bar? I or? told the, the origin story of the bar, yeah. Okay, wow, 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 wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, how can? Geez, I, I, I'm, I'm a little overwhelmed here. This is, this is some amazing stuff. Sean, how can people find out more? And uh, they can find us online at happydogcleveland.com. Okay. Or, or on Facebook, the Happy mm -hmm. Dog. Um, we post all our shows on Facebook. Okay. Uh, we're able to live stream some of these events, oh, especially cool. the World Affairs talks. Would that be on Facebook Live or on your website? Be on or? Facebook Live. Okay. Um, and. Type in Happy Dog Cleveland and Type in Happy go Dog crazy, Cleveland right? and you'll find it. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Great Appreciate it. Thanks for being here.